Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen. 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 We got a church full of people on video and in the house, and so we need to give God the praise. Whether it's two, whether it's three, whether it's a hundred, whether it's a hundred and fifty, whether it's three thousand, we because let me tell you, y'all are going all over the place. Uh, people seeing us that I never even dreamed would see us, and we were talking to God. We we're we're speaking to God, and they are reacting online and in the building and all over the place. So we give God glory this morning, and uh, I don't endeavor to be too long this morning. But let me say, good to see you, Sister Kate. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Amen. Amen. We've been praying for you, and so we're glad that you are here. Amen. 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 Let us pray. God, our Father, Lord, we do thank you for this worship service this morning that you have given to us so that we can praise your holy name and give your name glory. Now, as we go into the word of God, God, we ask that you just anoint our speech and anoint what you have given to us so that it may do this body of Christ some good in Jesus' name. We do say amen. amen. In the NIV version, the Bible says, and David inquired of the Lord. That means he asked God a question. He said, shall I pursue this raiding army, uh, this party that is out there? Will I overtake them? And God said to him, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them. And then God said, because you will succeed in the rescue. The modern English version says, and you will surely recover all. I like it when God tells us that we will recover all even after enduring, excruciating, emboldened, entrenched, and everlasting pain. Somebody going to get that one after a while. Because that's why the songwriter J.J. Harrison said, there will be victory after this. God's going to turn around. Uh, He's going to bring you out. And there will be victory. There will be glory after this. So we have told you over the last few weeks, and now we're into part three from the same subject. It's hard to see purpose in pain. It's hard to see purpose yes, yes. in pain. How many of you know that that is a true statement? Yes, yes. Let me raise my hand just in case you don't because I know it for myself that it's hard to see purpose when you are in pain. Not physical pain necessarily, that too, but, but mental pain. Uh, when that emotional pain is getting to you, that's when it's hard to see what your purpose is. In other words, the pains of life have weighed you down. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, man, let me get started right here. Y'all yeah. know how I like to wave my hand up. Because I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to y'all. Uh, I, I, and so the pains of life have weighed you down. And it's very hard to see where you're going. How will you get through this next search of circumstances? 
trials and tribulations, Brother CJ. Uh, how will you get through, Sultan? How? And after all of this, do you, how do you find and achieve your end result? Where is your purpose? And why, Pastor Brown and Brown, you keep talking about circumstances. Why you keep on talking about issues and problems and trials and tribulations? It's because, hear me now, we've had a lot of experience. I don't know about you, but I can tell you, I've had the experience. A lot of trials and tribulations, issues upon issues, things that don't seem to make sense. And you go to God and you say, God, why? And sometimes he don't even answer. Uh, uh, but we can tell you that even though we've had all of this experience, that we know that God has said to us, help somebody else. Amen. Let them see you your kind of experiences. And so that even though they're going through, they can also draw strength from your experiences. Yes. So we're here. We're here to help you. Since God has given us all a purpose, you hear me? All of us have a purpose. All of us. Since he's given all of us a purpose. Yes. And if you were like me, sometimes through so much pain, you're on this journey. So much pain. And the question becomes, what do you do? Reverend Denise, what steps should you take? And what moves should you make to make it to reach that purpose? So let me recap just a few minutes, and I'll hurry up and get out of the way so that the uh, the other preacher, I won't say anything other than that, the other preacher in the house will come. <laughs> but so far, we've, we've said to you, get your head out of the rearview mirror and look past the pain. But moreover, the major point we were trying to say to you is that when David talked about strengthening himself in God, that's what we have to do. That means we got to communicate with God, which not only means talking to him, and I'll add here not talking at him, because, you know, we come with, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Lord, help me, help me, help me. Lord, I want, I want, I want. But that ain't talking to God. We got to talk to him and not at him. Not with a list of our wants, not with a list of our commands. Instead, we got to turn around and talk in relationship to God. We always also told you that uh, we must get His divine counsel. David did this, and he and we can hear him when he speaks to us. Very important. These are in strengthening yourself. In the Lord. And so you can find your purpose through all the pain you've gone through. AKA, for some of y'all who like a little ebonics, all the hell and high water that you have been through. I like ebonics, I'll tell you. We've got to strengthen ourselves and encourage ourselves and then wait for Him to give us an answer. When we seek our direction from him. So so sometimes it's hard to get through all the hell and high water. And we need to try to get a little more 
have uh, uh, heaven and smooth sailing. How about that? That's a little bit better, Eva. All right. And more and more of that. So I hope you heard all of that so that you can help define your purpose. Because uh, there ought to be some witnesses in the house that want some smooth sailing, who want some heaven, Amen. not a whole lot of hell. Yeah. I know how you might feel, but I, I know we need more heaven on this earth than we do hell. So let me quickly set the stage of the scripture. The Amalekites have raided the camps of God's children. They were on the Negev and the, and in Ziklag. They didn't kill anybody. They they took all of everybody and everything they wanted from the camp. The women, the youth, the children, uh, even David's two wives. That we say God had had allowed it, but that wasn't what he we, he in plan for a man to have a hundred wives and all that kind of stuff. But they took Lottie, Donnie, and everybody. Alright? And, and David and his men were so painfully distressed, Sister Benita, and were trying to figure out their purpose in this painful situation. Reverend Veronica, not only that, but the men turned some of their anger on to David and talked about stoning him. I've been to the Middle East. I can tell you they got some big stones over there. And they will hurt you if somebody hit you with them. And these people were talking about, oh, we're going to get you now. We're going to hit you with a few stones. Some people like to lay blame on you sometimes. I know they do. You didn't do all of that dirt or make all the issues, but they blame it on you nonetheless. Yeah, been there, been there. But the Bible, the Bible says that to get through the pain to his purpose, David strengthened himself in the Lord. We could have stopped right there and preached only on that point alone. Am I right about it? We don't pray enough. We don't try to be more like Jesus enough. And we don't give of ourselves enough. I know I got some amens. In After that, David asked the Lord, what do I do next? And the Lord answered him not months and months later as God has typically done at times, but he answered him right away. Somebody say immediately. Sometimes God will respond immediately. Sometimes God hears you when you got an issue right now. And he answers right then and right then. Did you hear me? He answers. Sometimes not in the Bible, but sometimes it's right now. And sometimes it takes a quick spiritual text or a quick spiritual phone call. Or, or as Star Trek people would say, uh, a quick mind meld with the Savior. With the Lord and, and no, no Star Wars Jedi mind tricks either. Y'all know I'm into all of that. I love that science fiction stuff. But just a talk with Jesus makes it all right. 
So, so let me tell you while we are into part three, the Bible says David went out after talking with the Lord with the purpose of finding and restoring all that was taken because God had told me he would recover it all. At this point, David was thinking that this recovery mission was going to be accomplished with himself and 600 men. But when he arrived at the brook named Besor, 200 of his men dropped out. They dropped out because they said they were too tired. They were too exhausted to go across the brook. So they stayed there on that side. Sometimes we just can't count on the whole crowd. Everybody ain't gonna go. Sometimes you just gotta go with what you got. When I'm gonna leave it, because I'm getting in the path of our side now. Sometimes you can't count on the crowd. Let me show you a quick comparison. Here's David who went from having 600 men down to 400. Now, let, let, let's consider the story of Gideon in Judges 6 and 7. The Bible says that just like David, Gideon had faced a lot of pain and had a dilemma because Gideon had to watch his army whittle down from 30,000 men to 300 to fight the battle that God had told him he could fight. He, 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 he had 30,000, not 600, 30,000 men. And he whittled that down by God's divine power to 300. My God, my God. Won't God help you fight your battle with just the right number of individuals? Just when you need it, then you know you can go to him and he'll give you what you need. So they, they had to endure as they went along what we call the pain of exhaustion. The text says in verse 10, David had 600 men and then he went down to 200 and, uh, and they were experiencing the pain of exhaustion. What is that you might ask? I know you were going to ask me that. Uh, well, 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 here is where it is. When they came down with that pain, they started saying, I'm done. It's over. I'm over it. Yeah, stick a fork in. I'm too tired to fight. I ain't going to fight no more, or, or, and I'm, I'm afraid to fight. And even if I'm not afraid, I still ain't fighting no more. I don't care what you got to say. Anybody ever been through that kind of pain and you seen that in your situation? Where you feel like the pain of exhaustion. Well, here's the alternative title for that. It's the pain of giving up. The pain of giving up. Because we want to give up sometimes. Sometimes we're trying to give up. That's my wife. She'll tell you, I've been trying to give up playing the piano for a whole long time. But guess what? I'm still here. And I ain't going nowhere. We were talking about it this morning. 
So let me tell you my point, and I'll get out of the way. Point number one, resist the temptation to give up. Oh, yeah, you want to do it. You want to, you will, you will. In this game, you will want to give up, but resist that temptation. You fought your financial condition, and nothing seemed to change. You fought your family relationship, and nothing seemed to change that either. You fought the devil on your job, and that did not change. And you fight some every now and then, right where you are in your church. I'm going to leave that one alone. Then you get the pain of no more strength left. Pain of not giving any more to call to the cause, and the pain of no more sacrifice for the cause anymore. It's all in the pain of exhaustion. All this pain that speaks of yesteryear and yesterday and not of tomorrow and a brighter day is keeping you from your purpose. So, are you? Situations ever like that? Or our word to you today is then a big capital R-E-S-I-S-T. Resist the temptation to give up. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. Even Jesus felt like giving up. But like David, he pressed on. So be like David and press on. Amen. More importantly, be like the Savior, Jesus, and press on. Amen. Then be like you, the new you. Amen. Not the old you, the new you. The one that is going to give it a little more emphasis. The one who's going to put a little bit more strength into it. The one who is not going to give up because he knows or she knows that if you're giving up, then the devil has won the war. Amen. You don't want him winning nothing in your household. So make sure you resist. Because the Bible says if we resist the devil, he will flee. I hope you all hear me. I hope you hear me. I hope uh, you, you hear me being like Pastor Isaac. I, I hope that helps you. So you, you know, every now and then I can. I got to copy her. And I, say, I hope that's helping somebody. Amen. Amen. And so as we go further in to the text that we have been examining for the past three weeks now, we're going to further examine verse number 10. We'd like to give you a few takeaways so that when you leave this place, you will know what it is that you will need to do, that you'll need to be concerned and to concentrate on. And so it will be a little bit easier for you to remember. We're going to give you what we're going to call some R's this morning to put in your memory bike. Every, every now and then, I, I, I like to write in an alliteration 
because it helps people to remember what it is that uh, we told you. You heard Pastor Keith uh, uh, say that first R, and the first R was resist. Amen, somebody. I, I hope you remember. I'm going to ask you at the end. Uh, so so, so re resist was the first R, and the second R we're going to give you is the word reserves. Reserves, all right? And so our point to you is to make use of your reserves. Uh, and, and in other words, use what you got. You're going to use what you got. Uh, can I just uh, uh, tell you all, and some of you may co-sign with me on this, that the, the car that I had been driving for the last 15 or so uh, years, there was on the dashboard a light that was visible to the driver. And you might say, I know there's lots of lights uh, on the dashboard, but, but the light in particular uh, was an indication uh, when it came on that I was driving my vehicle on its reserve gas tank. Anybody ever see Am I the only one in the house that has ever seen the reserve uh, light come on? Come on, come on, come on, come on, Reverend. I know somebody's seen that light. Uh, in other words, I was approaching an empty gas tank if I didn't find my way uh, to a gas station soon. Uh, I, I found this light most helpful uh, more times than I really want to tell you all uh, uh, this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, this light uh, has kept me from being stranded. Uh, uh, this light has kept Pastor Keith uh, from getting a lot of phone calls uh, that say I'm at such and such uh, on the side of the road. Uh, I need you to come and get me. This light has, has kept me from being in a 911 situation. And I wanted y'all to know that I was grateful for that light. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would thank God for the light. Because sometimes it was the light that carried the message, girl, you better begin to pray. Oh, God. You see, when we are in painful situations, a situation when it seems like you have just about run out of all that you had, am I the only one in the house?
that was fueled by some dreams that took him from the pit to the prison to the palace. Anybody ever needed that kind of reserve? Oh, I'm reminded this morning, Pastor Keith, that there was a woman and called the Shuanite woman from Second Kings chapter number four. When we see she had a reserve when she believed that all she had was just a little bit of oil in a jar. Well, the prophet came by and when he when she followed the prophet's instructions, what she found out, church, is that she had more than enough. In other words, she used what she had and that carried her. And she kept pouring oil and pouring oil and pouring oil and she was able to sell it and have some left over. Oh my God. For those of you who are feeling the pain of exhaustion that threatens to keep you from your purpose, I admonish you this morning to use your reserve to get to the next point in your journey. Anybody tracking with me this morning? Can I tell you? Let me tell you the third thing. Our third point this morning is this one. You got to reset your priorities. First, we got to resist. Right? And what was my second point? You got to use your reserves. And sometimes you have to reset your priorities. Oh, come on, Pastor. What are you talking? What are you talking? Well, can I tell you? I have come to understand that in life, sometimes it will bring you to a place where you must reevaluate where you are and actually where you're headed. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. This reevaluation. Is, is a good thing because what it allows is that it gets us to a place where we can get clarity and certainty that otherwise we might miss. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, see you got to understand sometimes that, that when it seems like we're in a chaotic situation, that something good can still when you are in the throes of pain and hurt and defeat and exhaustion, we've been telling you for three weeks now that it's hard sometimes to see that something good might come from it. But, but can I tell you all this? I need you all to remember this, something that Pastor Keith and I ran across, hallelujah, in the church of Facebook. Oh, you all know uh, Facebook. Uh, that's where some people get all their religion. But but we found some words that we thought might be helpful this morning as as we are trying to see purpose in our pain. And and, and what it reminded us it says that God uses your greatest pain as a launching pad for your greatest call. I think that will preach all by itself. God will often use your greatest pain as a launching pad for your greatest calling. See, most of us really are determined to make a case. 
kingdom impact. Amen. Amen. We want to make a kingdom uh, impact. And we really don't want to miss out on the call that God has on our lives. But, but every now and then when life seems to overburden us, uh, or when we seem to be overloaded, uh, when we get to a place where we are overwhelmed, uh, I cannot tell you uh, that there is a time uh, that we can set a reset button uh, that God has given us. Yes, we do uh, have a reset button. Uh, can I tell you that it's never too late uh, for a new start? I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you think that things uh, have passed you by because it's always in God's timing. It's always in the way he would have us to get a reset. And, and I started thinking about a reset and I know there are some things that we can do in our own lives that can help us to reset, to reset our attitude sometime, to reset how we look at things and get a different perspective. And so I began to comb the pages of the Bible and I was re remembering how Moses got a reset on the backside of a desert. Yes, he did. God was using the desert as a classroom to reset him, to fix him up, so that he was ready for the work that God had already called him to do. Oh, and there was a man, a prophet named Jonah. He got a reset in the belly of a whale while he sat there. And the Bible said a great fish where he sat and had to think about, oh God, what he had done. And when God had told him to go here, and he decided to go there. Oh, my God. And then there was these two sisters, Mary and Martha. Oh, I remember. Oh, Martha and Mary. Martha had to get a reset. Because when they came together and Jesus was coming for dinner, and her sister was doing all the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, Martha was doing all the work. And Mary was uh, sitting there sucking and soaking it all in. Uh, but she needed uh, a reset. Uh, I'm trying to help somebody. I'm helping somebody this morning. And then I recall, I recall an apostle named Paul. You all remember Paul. We like to call Paul the serial killer turned saint. Well, well, well. Paul got a reset on the road to Damascus. Oh, God. When the Lord took his sight from him. And there he was. Couldn't see. He didn't get anything to eat for three days, the Bible says. But when he came to himself, when he could see again, ah, God, he could see a light, life in a whole different way. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's something about a reset. Don't be afraid. Don't be upset. Don't be scared. When God brings you to a place where it's time for you to reset some things. All right, all right, all right, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So what did I say? What did Pastor Keith tell you? We gotta resist, amen. The temptation to give up, amen. What was the second thing I told you? You gotta use your reserves, amen. The third thing we just finished talking about, you gotta reset your priorities. And the fourth thing I'm gonna tell you is rest is essential. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, rest is essential, rest is essential. You see, what we see in the text is that David had an expectation 
that he could move forward after the crazy situation of coming back and finding the women and the children and everybody was gone, how he found that he had a way to get back what he lost. Pastor Keith already told you he really had in mind that he was going to go and, and, and it was going to be him and the 600 men. But when they got down to brass tacks, as they would say, 200 men simply said, I'm tired. I'm tired. I, I, I'm, I'm just tired. The high end is easy. It's easy for us to give these men, these 200 men, uh, uh, some, some grief for sitting out this back. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's easy for us to point our fingers out and say, hey, they must be too weak to fight. Uh, but the Bible says uh, that not that they were weak, uh, not that they were lazy. I mean, it simply says that they were tired. Uh, this, this morning, this morning, I, I'm just going to ask you all a simple question. Have you ever just been too tired? Uh, from rest, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever been this 
way, but rest is how I get my bearings back. Ah, rest is how I can get my life back into focus again. You see, in the biblical sense, rest ain't even a bad four-letter word. Yeah, but...
Hey, <laughs> 